Now, today is our Wednesday what? Wednesday interactive Bible study. And today is going to be really, really interactive. Praise the Lord. Now, last on Sunday, Pastor Kola brought us the word that was entitled what? Amen. I said Pastor Kola brought us a word entitled You have kept the good news until when? Until now. And the slide, good, the slide we have there, and we have how many jars of pots? Six water pots. Clay water pots to be specific. And the story we read on Sunday, we understand that there was a wedding in Canaan, and these pots were originally meant for what? If you can remember. For purification. Purification as the order of the Jews. Do we know for any reason what that purification really stood for? Because these water pots had an original intent. They weren't meant for wine in the first place. But what was expected in the party? What was expected? So what they were expecting was what? Was wine. But we had six water pots that were meant for what? Purification. Do we know what the purification was actually for? This is when there's interactive Bible study. Can we have the microphone? If anybody knows, the Bible says they were for purification after the order of the of the Jews. There are two angles after I've studied this. And if you belong in church, there was a time Pastor Evelyn Femi Paul ministered in this direction. Now there was something she taught us back then which I still have right at the back of my mind. So just want to share so that we'll have um, we have we'll be on the same page. The Bible says it was for purification. Anybody what does that purification of the Jews stand for? In this season that we're expecting good news, we have to cross all the T's and dot all the I's so that nobody will be left behind and that will be the prayer and the answered prayer of the church in Jesus' name. All right, Minister Mitchell, can you help us? Good evening, Pastor. Good, good evening, evening, church. Uh, literally, uh, the six uh, water jars were used for purification like we rightly heard and it's before the people enter the temple to to worship they have this tradition to wash their feet and wash death out of their body before they they go into the temple so the water that was kept in that jar was used for that purpose praise the lord let's appreciate him any other person, if you are contrary or you want to support his motion, amen? All right, the Bible says it was actually meant for purification. So, very not far away from what Minister Mitchell have said, those water pots were actually expected originally to be filled with water because they were for purification. There were two types or two ways they did that. It's either for purification for the temple or for just purification of the guests that came. So what it means is, 
you remember all those times they lived in desert areas. So when you come in, you are possibly dusty, your body is dirty. So those pots were for the purification. So either people use it to wash their hands, their feet before they go into the temple or into maybe the party hall. That was what it was actually meant for. But on this day, the Bible records that those water pots were what? Were fully what? empty. Praise the Lord. Now, let's start. We're going to take off from there. So, the story we know very well, when Jesus came into the act, the mother said, whatever he tells you to do, you should do what you should do. And the servant picked up a cup, scooped water from it, and took it all the way to the chairman of the occasion. So the question you ask is, what was he actually expecting when he takes the cup to the chairman of the what? Or the occasion. Was he actually expecting that it's going to turn to wine? Or if it's not, if it doesn't turn to wine, if it's really main water, who will blame him after all? If he gives water, the man will drink. If he gives wine, the man would also what? man will also drink. Praise the Lord. But in this season of good news, this evening, we're going to look at it from another angle. You may be given water in, that is scooped from a water pot or a cup that is scooped from a water pot. But the question is, if the person gives you that water and what you are actually expecting is what? Is wine. <coughs> Am I correct? So if you have to collect the cup of water, the question then is, you as an individual, what are you expecting to taste? Amen. Assuming you are the chairman of that occasion and we're expected to have wine all through, you as a person, what are you expecting? In this season of expecting good news, when you open your mails, when you receive phone calls, the question is, what are you what expecting? If God says it's going to rain, and all we have all through the week is what? It's sunlight. The reality is, in this season of good news, are you going out with an umbrella? If you, are, if you are yet to go out with an umbrella, it means you are not what? Yet expecting. So let's go out with the umbrella. Let's let people tell ask the question. What did the rain say it's going to fall? The weather forecast, is it, is it not telling us that it's going to what? It's going to be sunlight all day. But you are not taking the umbrella because the weather says it's going to be sunny. We are taking out the umbrella because what is, are we expecting? God has told us it's going to what? It's going to rain. Be expectant this evening and the Lord will deliver good news to our hands in Jesus' name. And so this evening, in this season of good news, we're going to be considering the topic we've entitled, which we're going to be discussing extensively this evening, which is be expectant. Praise the name of the Lord. Be expectant and act expectant. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, to start off this evening, let's open our scriptures to the book of Second Kings chapter 13. Second Kings chapter 13. And we're going to read from verse 14 to verse 19. As we read through, we're going to have a couple of examples this evening. And so we're going to see how these people were expecting good news and how they can be expectant of what God had already said. Are we there? Second Kings chapter 13 and verse 14. 
All right, can we read? Now, this is the word of the Lord. Verse 14 says, Elisha had become sick with illness of which he was or would die or he was about to die. Then Josh, the king of Israel, ran to him and he wept over his face. And he said, oh, my father, my father, the chariots of Israel and their horsemen. Next verse, verse 15. And Elisha said to him, take a bow and some arrows. So he took himself a bow and some what? And some arrows. Next verse, verse 16. Then he said to the king of Israel, this is Elisha speaking, put your hand on the bow. So he put his hand on it, and Elisha put his own hands on the king's hand. Verse 17. And he said, open the east window, and he opened it. Then Elisha said, shoot. And he did what? And he shot. And he said, the arrow of the Lord's deliverance and the arrow of deliverance from Syria, for you must strike the Syrians at Apex till you have what? Destroyed them. Verse 18. Then he said, take the arrow. So he took the arrow and he said to the king of Israel, strike the ground. So he struck the ground how many times? Three times. And then he did what? He stopped. Verse 19. Then the man of God became very angry. And the man of God was angry with him. And he said, you should have struck it how many times? Five times. What were you expecting? The way we act is going to be proportional sometimes to what we've been expecting. And he said, you have struck it how many times? How many times? Five or six times. How many times did he strike it? Three times. In this season of good news, where you're expecting good news, he said you will have struck it five times, six times, seven times, eight times, nine times, even ten times, depending on what you believe is going to come. So, but he struck it how many times? Three times. You should have come out with an umbrella. You have been praying for rain. And then you are not expectant. Why are you coming and then you have been, you, you've been drenched with the rain? You will have come out with an umbrella if you are really expecting what? Good news. He said, if you are really expecting God to give you victory over victory, victory over victory, what Elisha was putting him through were only what? Symbolic. So if you know God is teaching you something or being symbolic and he's saying, strike the bow. Did he tell him the number of times to strike? Did he tell him the number of times to strike? But he struck how many times? Three times. And the man of God was angry and he said, you should have struck five or six times. Then you will have struck Syria till you have destroyed it. But now you will strike Syria how many times? three times. So this evening, we are coming to look at the good news we are expecting. How we can act expectant. How we can act what? Expectant. So if the word of the Lord has come, that we're going to receive good news. How then can we act so that the news will come just the way God wants it to come? So we need to be, we need to start to act what? Expectant. If God says it's going to rain, what should we naturally do if we are expectant? Go with umbrella. Is that not so? If God says, if God says it's going to be sunny, what should we likely do, for instance? 
We should do what? Wear his calf. That's right, isn't it? What else? If God says it's going to be very sunny, you know those kind of sun that is very scorching. When you sunglasses, praise the Lord. Any other thing? If God says it's going to be sunny, any other thing? Carry a bottle of what? A bottle of water. Any other thing? If God says it's going to be sunny. Because the sunny weather can represent anything in our life. If God says we're going to win a business contract and someone, the business we're expecting, the very first time will be turned down. What would what will God expect you to do if he's, if you are like the king and you're expected to strike you're expected to strike five or six times? You've been turned down the first time. But in this season where God's word is coming, the prophecy is you are going to receive good news. And you are very much expecting good news. In fact, you've written the good news in this box. And God says, I'm going to perfect what I said I would do. Every prayer request in this box, he's going to see them to to come into pass. And you've been turned down the first time. What are you expected to do? Do what? Go back again. Now, before we delve right in, there was one time on the island church, um, um, Pastor forgotten his name now. Out of sight is really out of mind. Pastor not Jude. Bankole praise the Lord. Pastor Bankole preached a message which I still have right at the back of my mind. It was a very interesting message. And the message was centered on taking the bull or taking responsibility for what God had said. If God says he's going to do something, if God says he's going to promote you at work, and he says it's not in your place to sit down and be looking at your boss, and then the time for promotion comes, everybody is promoted except you, and then you are, you are scratching your head, God, but you said I was going to be what? Promoted. And he said it's, it's about time as Christians you act what God says he will do. If God says he's going to do it, there's nothing wrong in you also doing it, demanding for it. God says, I'm going to do it. God says, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to, I'm going to favor you in a particular direction. If it's not coming the way it should come, there are some responsibility that is on you that you should do. That gives you bonus that God is going to do what God says he will do. If he says he's going to, you are going to win a battle and the people are coming, are you expected to fold your hands? If the people, a battle is coming your way, it's expected for us to do what? Gather the army, train the army, and get ready for what? Battle. But at the back of your mind, we know that the victory is what? Is assured. We need to act expectant. Not that the good news is going to come to your doorstep. You need to act it, walk through it, go towards it, say what you have to say, defend what you know, and do what? And believe in what God says he will do. Praise the Lord. Now, this evening, we're going to look at three more examples apart from the story of Elisha. But we're going to start off with that. And then we're going to look at everyday life, how we can become expectant of what God has promised us. Now, we're all around, as many of us are seated here, we have our prayer requests here, don't we? Now, in those prayer requests, between when we submitted those prayer requests till now, have you acted in any way expectant of any good news? It may be checking your meals. It may be what? Checking your meals. If there are meals you are expecting, go through your mailbox every morning. 
if you can't find it in the, in the inbox, go to where? There are other mailboxes that some good mails run into. A sister or a brother was sharing a testimony here the other day. I think his sister came in. Yes, that she said, the mail of the good news came into where? Into the spam box. If you are not expectant, you won't go to the what? To the spam box. In fact, those that were looking for work, that's why we know what spam box is. We look for it, we'll open it, we'll start scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. And scroll. In fact, we've got to know there are ways you can stop some mail from coming there so that only the good news mail will, what? will go into that place. Praise the Lord. So if you are not that expectant, you wouldn't walk in that direction. Amen. Now let's go back to 2 Kings chapter 13. But before then, let's quickly read Ecclesiastes chapter 11 verse 4. Ecclesiastes chapter 11 then verse 4. Then we'll look at another story. Then we'll look at how we can make this practical as far as our lives is concerned. Okay, Ecclesiastes 11 verse 4. Now, you need to be very fast. If you have your Bible, try and open your Bible because in multimedia today, we have a new set of teams. So they may not be as fast as we can, as, as fast as we expect them, but it's for a good reason, okay? So let's just excuse them for today. It's for a good reason. Ecclesiastes 11 verse 4. What does the Bible say? It says, he who observes what? Will not what? And he who regards the clouds will not what? will not reap. So it's not about what the weather says. If we are looking at the weather, we wouldn't act what we are expecting. The weather may be cloudy, but God is saying it's going to be what? It's going to be maybe a sunny day. So forget about what the weather says. If you observe the wind, you wouldn't act expectant. If you re regard the cloud, we will not what? Reap expectantly. So as we, go, as we go in deeper now, we need to have that at the back of our mind. That he who observes the wind will not what? Will not sow. Oh, it's so windy today, I can't go to the farm. But God is saying, go and what? And sow. If God says it, we believe it and that's what? That will settle it in Jesus' name. Now let's look at another account. Then we'll, dip, we'll dig deeper this time. We'll try to make it very interactive so that we'll now see as it reflects in our daily life. Second Kings chapter 4, we're going to read from verse 1 to 6. Second Kings chapter 4 from verse 1 to 6. A certain woman of the wives of the son of the prophet cried out to Elisha saying, your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that your servant feared the Lord, and the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. So Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? And she said, your maid servant had nothing in the house but a jar of oil. Verse 3, then he said, go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors, Empty vessels do not gather a what? Just a few. Next verse. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons. Then pour it into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. Next verse, verse 5. So when she went from him, she shut the door behind her and her sons, just as the prophet told her to do, who brought the vessels to her. And she poured it out. Verse 6. Now it came to pass, when the vessels were full, 
that she said to her son, bring me another what, vessel. And he said to her, there is not another what, vessel. And what happened? So they all did what, cease. If the son had one more vessel, what will happen? If the son had two more vessels, what will happen? If the son had three more vessels, what would have happened? Let's assume this woman had just five vessels. The five vessels would have been just what the promise and the miracle was going to fill up. Could it be that she could have gotten more vessels? If this story, if this thing had happened, and then she had a second chance to get more vessels, are we saying she won't get more vessels? Now, are we saying she won't get more vessels? So, in her mind of mind, she had borrowed all the vessels, what? Borrowable. You know, when they tell you to go and borrow some things, the first people that come to your mind are the people that will likely, what? Give you. The people that you had issues with, will you go to them? You won't go to them. But if you have the second chance, you will go back to them and do what? And even buy it. You even settle your case. You say, sorry, I'm sorry. You say, the thing that I did, I was, if I was at fault. I'm very what? I'm very sorry. Just to do what? To borrow vessel. Even if the woman say, no, there are, there's water in the vessel. You can't carry it. Say, no, don't worry. I have people that will come and empty the vessel. Just give me the word vessel. I want to use the water. No, no, don't worry. I'll buy water for you much later on. Won't you do that? Now, if she had the second chance, won't she do it? But she had the promise that the cruise of all will not what will not cease. So you don't have to wait until you have the second chance. God is saying in this season, don't borrow a few. Be what? Be expectant. Don't just be expectant. We should also do what? Act expectant. Expecting what? What are we expecting? What are we expecting? If God says you will have that good news, you should act what? Expectant of the word good news. And trust me, if you act expectant of good news, you will really look stupid, won't you? Won't you look stupid? Just imagine somebody coming out of the rain on a very sunny day. Very sunny day. You are wearing raincoat on a very what? Sunny day. Wearing raincoat and walking the streets of Lagos. And God help you, you enter maybe one downfall. You know how noisy raincoat can be. And then you are, and people are looking at you, but you really look, look what? Look stupid. Because you are what? Expectant. And we are acting what? Expectant. And remember, this thing we call faith. Faith is not speaking alone. Faith is not what? Speaking alone. Sister Lydia did mention that sometime back. He said, faith is not about quoting it. God says, I will heal you. God says, you will be healed. You will be healed. You will be healed. But if somebody asks you, how are you today? He said, ah, don't come and touch me. It's like the temperature is what? The temperature is what? Is increasing self. Yesterday it was even low. Are you acting it? But you are what? We speak it a lot. If it is speaking, we can quote scriptures. But we need to what? Start acting it. And trust me, when you act it, you are going to really look stupid, even in your own what? In your own eyes. Praise the Lord. So the Bible says, and she borrowed as many as she what? She could. Did she act expectant? Maybe yes. Just like the story of the king. He acted according to what the man of God said. Did the man strike or not? He struck, didn't he? 
But could he have done more? Now, let's search ourselves. What is it we are doing in this season of good news that we can really act more? Do we have any? Just search yourself. You will find out that there are some things that we are not even doing because we are fearing, oh, maybe if I ask him, maybe if I submit the proposal, they will turn it down. If you submit the proposal, maybe they will turn it down. And so, we decide not to do what? Not to submit it. Maybe if I acts, they will not give me. So we act in fear. Remember, faith has no what? Has no fear. So let's look at one more story, then we'll now try to bring life scenarios into it. Second Kings chapter 3 verse 16. 2 Kings Second Kings chapter 3 verse 16. 2 Kings chapter 3 verse 16. Now, the children of Israel were about to go for a war. Now, if God says there's going to be rain, most likely, where should we be looking at? The sky or the ground? Where should we be looking at? The sky. And if the sky is not full, what are we going to say? On Friday, when we came for vigil, we heard the story of, I think it was Elisha, when he told the servant, go and look at the weather. And he did look at the sky. And what did he see? First and foremost, he did not see what? Anything. And then Elisha said to him, go again. And then he went again. And what did he see? He saw sky. There's a, there a phrase the young man used. He says, I see clouds anyways, but they were just a handful of what? Of cloud. Like a feast. Not enough to bring rain. But when God says it's going to rain, does it necessarily mean the rain must come from the sky? If it's God that we are serving, must the rain come from the sky? I say, must the rain come from the sky? Maybe not. I don't know either. Let's read Second Kings chapter 3 from verse 16, right? Now, God promised them that there was going to be what? Water in the ditches. And then the man of God said to them, if God says he's going to promise, God is promising water, that is a good news, then let's dig ditches and valleys so that when rain comes or when the water comes, it will, it will fill it up. So, and he said to them, thus says the Lord, make this valley full of what? Full of ditches. Verse 17, he says, for thus said the Lord, you shall not see what? the wind. So if we are still busy looking at the sky for where the good news is going to come from, God saying, it may not, you won't see the wind, nor shall you see the what? The rain. Yet the valley shall be filled with what? The valley shall be filled with what? The valley shall be filled with water so that you and your cattle and your camels shall do what? Shall drink. Verse 18. And this shall be, this is a what? A simple matter in the sight of the Lord. The King James Version says, and this unto the Lord shall be a light, what? A light thing. So God is saying, these things I'm doing is just the beginning of all matters. He says, it must not really come like the rain that you're expecting. 
But if I say there will be water, water will fill the, the valley. This is the good news. Act what? Expectantly. Praise the name of the Lord. And says, for this shall be a lighting before the Lord. Verse 17 says, you shall not see the rain, we shall not see the wind, but the valley shall be what? Shall be filled. That shall be somebody's good news in the name of Jesus. Now, if God is telling us in this season, go and dig as many ditches as possible. If we want to fill up ditches, from the two examples we've learned from the story of the woman and from the story of the king, if God says he's going to fill all these ditches with water so that he can cater for us, our families, our friends, during maybe a drought, the question is, how many ditches will you dig? Anybody? How many or how large will be the ditches you will dig? It will be corresponding to how much water you think God can fill. Praise the Lord. It's not what you're expecting. It's how much you think what God can fill. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. Now, let's now, John chapter 2 from verse 1. Now, this now takes us all the way back to the Sunday message. John chapter 2 from verse 1 to 10. Now, coincidentally, when we were studying John chapter 2 in our house fellowship, we decided to compare notes with other versions of the scriptures where the same story was being told. Only for us to find out that in the story, in the whole scripture, the story of the Canaan wedding in Canaan was only recorded in the book of John. Praise the Lord. Did anybody know that before now? Only the book of John. It's not those one that Matthew wrote it, John wrote it, Luke wrote it, then who else? Mark also wrote it. It was only recorded in the book of what? John. And there was nothing for us to even compare. But we decided to even make a wild guess of what could have happened. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 1, we're not going to read all the story. Let's jump to verse verse 6. Now, there were six there were set there six water pots of stones according to the manner of purification of the Jews containing 20 or 30 gallons apiece. Then Jesus said unto them, fill the water pots with water and they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, draw some out of it now and take it to the master of the feast. Now, knowing what we have known before now, that from the story of the woman and from the story of the king, let's put ourselves in the place of the person that's in charge of filling the pot. And let's even assume you are the master or the person that is responsible for giving people wine. Now that you know that you must act expectant, we must act what? Expectant. From the story of the woman, if she had more water, if she had more empty barrels, it would have been filled. Yes or no? That we have agreed on. We have also agreed, or have come to a conclusion, that if the king has struck more than three times, or struck ten times, how many victories will God give him? Ten victories. So, having known all this, now you are faced with Jesus Christ. And then you are expected to give many people, the people in the, in the ceremony, wine as much as they would love to drink. And there are six water pots. And God, Jesus is saying, fill them up. How many do you have? Six. 
if you have opportunity to get more water pots, will Jesus fill them up with wine? Will Jesus fill them up with wine? Now, if you are the master of that ceremony, knowing what God can do, saying that he's going to fill or there's not going to be any disgrace in this period. So God is saying, there's going to be good news of abundance of wine to drink. So you're not going to have as many, you're not going to have any dis, um, disappointment along the way. If there are six water pots, how many more water pots are you going to get? Praise the Lord. Anybody? How many water pots are you going to get in this season that God is giving you good news? And why are you going to get more water pots? Or if you are the person that is expected to get this water pot, what can you do more to get more wine available for all the guests? Praise the Lord. Let's have the mic at this point. And if you can relate this story of the water pot to any other stories in your life, God is now telling you, how many water pots do you have? Six. I want to fill them up. Just fill them up with water. Expecting that God is going to do the miracle which only God can do. What will you do differently that these people did so that you won't fall into the same mistake that the king had or the woman with a barrel of oil? Any other person? Any person? To show that you can act expectantly, any hand there? Yes. All right, Brother Malab, let's celebrate him before he even gives his contribution. Praise God. Hallelujah. Uh, on a lighter mode, if I know for sure from the explanations here that the more water pot I get, the more <laughs> wine I'm going to have, I think I would rather go quickly open the factory. <laughs> <laughs> I open the factory where the water the, wat, the, the water will come from the, a big tank. And why is this why is uh, what dispensing it will be filling <laughs> without looking back. Yes. The the, the usual uh for when we hear messages like this to go home to fold our hands and sit down and just expect yeah, yeah, it's good to expect, but uh, faith without work is dead. So we need to, when we hear messages like this, we, within myself, uh, these few weeks, I haven't heard these messages. Then I've seen practically uh, some of the things that has been preventing my blessings, and I've seen them trying to show up again. You know, like really, really. You know, before it looked like as if they were uh, mistake. They mistakenly happened. I see some things practically. So it also means that before, for we to, to for us to uh, get this in full, we also need to drastically, practically, you know, be more uh, detailed in whatever way. Uh, this is this this message is also in a way tied to uh, for this thing. What was that message for? Because of this, you know, we, we need to uh, be more courageously, actively, and physically, spiritually, see to it that, you know, we put ourselves, align ourselves properly in the direction to bring it without looking back. Praise the Lord. Let's celebrate him. So in a nutshell, Minister Kualap is saying, we need to be deliberate in whatsoever we do henceforth regarding what we're expecting. And 
just as he mentioned, there are times where the reality of life will show up to negate the possibility of what God wants to do in your life from coming to pass. But we need to be very, very deliberate in whatever we are doing. Just like the reality of life can come as a very sunny weather when God is promising us to have rain. So you need to also be deliberate in understanding that these are the things that are seen in the eyes. The Bible says, for the things that we speak, they are not things that are seen, but they are things that are what? Unseen. The Lord bless us in Jesus' name. Any other example, if you want to tie to what could you have done differently if you are the woman that was told to bring the barrels of oil or you are the, the, the chief organizer of the marriage that you are told to bring barrels or um, clay pot of water? What could you have done differently to maximize or to act expectant according to what the Lord has done? Or if you are the king and you are given a second shot of in, um, in life, what can you do differently to show that you are acting expectant of the good news that the Lord has promised us? Praise the Lord. Any other person? Okay, Sister Lady. Praise God. Uh, um, what comes to mind for me is um, if the first time you were, if the first time that you applied for something, you missed it, and now God is declaring that it's time of good news, I think what we can do better is eat before you put, maybe, you put, you put average effort. Just because it's the time of good news doesn't mean that you still go up, you still go back there and present the same average work that you did in the first time. It doesn't mean that because God has declared that it's the time of good news, you're just walking and just confessing, it's my time of good news, you know. I think that in this time of good news, you should do better. If, if on your job you are expecting promotion, it's not your time to now say, I'm just confessing that I'm going to receive promotion. It's my time of good news. Even you should do better. Even you should be more productive. You should be more effective, you should be more effective on your job. If you're submitting a proposal, you should be more thorough. And why you're expecting good is why you're expecting God to come through. You should do your own part as well. Don't just sit down and, say, and just be all relaxed and say, good news is just going to land on your door. Even you should do more. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. All right, so what Stalide is saying that if there are things that you've we've done before, there are rooms to do things differently. Is that correct? If, we, if somebody is expecting a contract on a job and then possibly you, did, you are given a chance to make a presentation and then you are given another room to do another presentation, is it advisable to do the same presentation the first time you did or the first way you did the first presentation? Maybe there was something wrong with the way you did your presentation. It's time to also look inward. Try to do things better. Try to act differently. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. All right, we have another hand there. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. To buttress what um, Sister Lide said, some of us are always too spiritual when it comes to these things. Like now, we'll now quote the scripture that it's not by my power or by anything, so we don't even go the extra mile. We said if we put in more effort, that means it's by our own effort that we accomplished the good news. So most of us don't do it. 
we're always expecting things to happen miraculously without us putting anything extra. You say, not by power, not by might, but it's scriptural. Is it uh, scriptural? Yes, we quote that to not put in effort, the additional effort. That's a lot what most of Do we understand the anguish is coming from? <laughs> so, Praise the Lord. You want to say something, sir? Um, let me tell a, a true story. Um, many years ago, uh, I had been serving the Lord, and I desired to upscale my life a bit. I wanted to buy a befitting car. So I went to one of the nicest car lots, and I was pricing the car I felt I could afford. So the chairman was looking at me from, you see, his office is like this in the upper room big glass. I didn't know. Reflecting on this side, so I couldn't see him. I was pricing. So, he told his voice and asked that, who is that man? Because God told me that it's time for you to move up. So, I was pricing the car that I can manage to pay for. But my heart knew that if God spoke to me, it should be better than that. But I was looking at my pocket. Listen to this. So, he said they should ask who I was. So, they asked me. I said, what does it matter? You know, sometimes when you say you're a pastor, it could be good news. Sometimes it's bad news. <laughs> so I said, okay, I won't deny the law. I said, I'm a pastor. He said, what's the name of your church? They went to tell him. So he came out. He said, pastor, how are you? I said, I'm fine. He said, is this the car you like? He said, but why is this this car you like? Look at all the cars here. I said, do you know how much money I have? He said, leave that matter. Are you not a pastor? Look at the cars around here. That showroom is on Bank Anthony Way. So I was living in Kejabjere, very near my house. He said, I should look. I said, eh. So I was looking. He said, I should not be afraid. I should point to the one I like. <laughs> Ask my wife. So I, I said, so how much is this one? He said, Pastor, how much do you want to pay? I said, ah, how much do I want to pay? He said, yes. He said, I know how much I pay for it. Then he said, he's annoyed. Then he went inside his office. He said, Pastor, when you finish, come and meet me. Uh, the boy that was attending to me, he's still my friend today. His name is Obina. He said, Obina, just let Pastor pick what he wants. Come and tell me. Then we'll sort out everything. Obina said, Pastor, why are you saying this? This is the owner of the company. He said, you pick the car you want. I said, just like that. Will he sell it below his cost? He said, that's not your business. In the day of good news, it is not your business. I picked, I think that was when the ML, Mercedes ML, Jeep just came out. So I pointed at it. He said, that's what you like. He said, let's go. So they kept at the reception. The man was laughing in his office. So he came out. He said, Pastor, have you picked your car? I said, yes. He said, why are you acting like this? He said, who should drive a better car if not a pastor? It is the opposite I normally hear from people. He said, who should drive a better car if not a pastor? I said, you're the first person I heard that. He said, I'm a member of Winners Chapel. My, my, my Oga rides aeroplane. He said, I'm not like that. Too. He said, this is car you want. He said, go and register the car. We had not talked about money. He said, go and register. He said, which number do you want? He said, Pastor, how much money do you have? He said, collect it from him. He said, how much do you want to pay? 
I say even the rest, self, that I want to pay, I don't have it. He said, just write the checks on any date you like. Register the car at my cost. Deliver it to his house. Because God told me it's time to upscale. But I was looking at my pocket. So I think I wrote four or five checks for the balance. Because the car was bigger than what I went for. So when it was due, I'll go there and say, Oga, pay this one in. So when it remained two or three checks, the man won't see me. When I go there, I say, I want to see chairman. He said, why? He said, to cash your check. He said, chairman, I said, don't worry. Yeah, I said, I'll check my account. They won't drop the money. Next month, I'll get again. I'll check my account. So I said, no, I'm not going. They said, so he came out. He said, pastor, if you want to eat lunch, come inside my office because I'm eating and we will eat and fall. But if you want to talk about checks, I am not interested. Have they not told you that I've heard? So I said, what kind of language is that? offend you. He said, okay, Obina, come. Go and bring that fire. He brought, he said, where is the envelope? Where the checks is? Just tore everything into bits. Cha, 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 cha. Inside the husband, he said, oh God, sit down, let us eat. He tore the checks. You don't know what I'm talking about. This thing you're saying, eh? I just kept quiet because once I talk, nobody wants to talk. Then I was in a daze. I said, are you okay? You tore the checks. Did any check bounce? He said, no. He said, okay, follow me. He called all the staff, said, when we had fellowship, did I not tell you? He says, from the day this man walked in, God said, that man, if you bless him, you will see what happened. He said, from that day till now, the, any car that was there the day this man came, three months ago, is there anyone remaining here? They said, no. He said, from that day, we've been selling like, as if there are no car in Nigeria anymore. He said, all the cars here, over 200 cars, he said, none is remaining. He said, if I, you are knowing me, you should pick another car. He said, because of you, all my cars, it has never happened before. So he called the meeting, he said, this man from today, even if it's a Rolls Royce, whether I'm around or not, if he points at a car, register it and deliver it as out. If you don't do it, I'll sack you. So I ended up upscaling to an SUV, the latest one. And everybody thought I had money. Then, do you know what happened? On my wife's 39th birthday, I was planning at 40, I'll buy a new car. The Lord sold me that money. Today is the day you buy the car. I said, how? I didn't plan for it. I don't have money. He said, you have forgotten me. He said, call that man. I called the man. I said, chairman, how now? I said, today my wife is 39. I said, can you imagine? God wants to embarrass me and say I should buy brand new. Because that time, that new Honda just came out. That one like this. I knew the color. I said, he said, eh, but pastor, I've told you, don't be trying my God. What car do you want for your wife? I said, Honda, gold color, brown leather seat. He said, I have one. He said, that one, I don't even know why it has been laying here. He said, it must be your wife's car. Pastor, pay when you want, how you want, we drop the phone. Very rude man. Drop the phone. I came to church. I just heard him say, Obina, come. Bah! He dropped the phone. That's Obina again. The boy parked the car in my house. License. Put the key under my mat. It was a Wednesday. 
So as we got home after church, my wife said, who is blocking the front door with the car? We won't enter our house inside the compound. Self, what is this? Call the steward. What? The guy was looking at me. He didn't say anything. I said, baby, look at the car very well. Look, they had a license plate. They wanted me to tell the number. I said, do you like the car? I hadn't paid a couple. He said, do you like the car? I said, yes. He said, do I like the car? What do you mean? Do you have money to buy a brand new car like this? I said, me. You don't know me. <laughs> See, finish. I said, do you like the car? I said, you think I don't know that you like this car? I did see you with corner eye. This color, you like the car. Open the door. He says, he says, my car. I said, happy 39th birthday. She started to roll on paving stone. Paving stone, not carpet. She was rolling like this. Come and see drama in my compound that day. He said, you are the first person to buy me a brand new car. He said, so you know I like this car. I said, God said, no, that me too. I want my wife to respect me. <laughs> Chairman, called me later. I said, pastor, did she like the car? I said, did she like the car? I said, I'm a big man in my house. My wife will kneel down to serve me dinner. I said, so it's a big kneel down. <laughs> Long story short, the man collected her old car and let me pay. And as usual, maybe when they remain a million or something like that, lots of money. He said, Pastor, if I give the account of what God has blessed me because of you, I'm a bad man if I collect any more money from you. That's the end. So in the day of good news, some things are not be your business at all. Praise the Lord. We shall not see the rain, we shall not see the cloud, but the valley shall be filled with what? With water. Praise the name of the Lord. When I stand the shop is on Mobilaji Bank, Antonia. And thank God, Pastor, see have Obina's number. Praise the Lord. In case you want. Praise the Lord. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18 gives us a clear indication of what to how our hearts need to be conditioned. It says, while Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18, and it says, whilst we do not look at the things 
that are seen, but are the things that are what? Not seen. For the things that are seen are temporal, but for the things that are not seen are what? Are eternal. So when God makes his promises, he's not telling us those promises based on, you know, our ability alone. I was reading a book recently, um, The Blessing of the Storehouse, and the writer said when he began to understand what God could do was when a pastor friend did ask him one day, he was also believing God, I think they were believing God to move to a new worship center, and for everything he was looking out for, he was looking out for what the church itself could afford. So the, the older pastor was now telling him, what the church actually requires. How many congregations do you have? We're expecting 20,000, but what you can afford can only take maybe 5,000. He now asked him, he said, if you think of the ocean, let's even ask, what do you think of the ocean? When you think of water, what do you think of? When you think of water, what do you think of? When they mention water, what do you think of? Maybe the tap water running in your house, right? Or the bottle water in your what? In your refrigerator, when you think of wood, what do you think of? If you look around and you think of wood, what do you think of? Table, anything wooden in this place. The organism is fine wood. What else? If you're thinking of wood, what do you what comes to mind? You know, anything wooden, table, chairs, and all the rest. He says, All this thing you are thinking of is because that is what your eyes are limited to see. But when you tell God to think of water, he's not the least thing he talks about is what you are drinking or the water running in your body. He's looking at oceans around the earth. He's looking at last mass of water that no man can even swim. He's looking at waters that are beyond where ships have never even delved into. If you look, talking about wood, God is not looking at chairs and water. He's looking at forests and trees and everything around the world. And so, it began to inform his ability of what God can do based on what God has said, not on what he has at that moment. Praise the name of the Lord. And so in this season of good news, God is not telling us news that are coming to us based on what you can do or what you can afford. He's also telling us on what he himself has prepared. So we, we shouldn't be bothered looking at the rains or the cloud. If the story of the of the people where God filled the valley is something to go by, it means the rains, the water doesn't really need to come from the sky. How God will bring it is only what God knows. And God is saying he can bring the water from the ground because he alone is God. Praise the name of the Lord. I say praise the name of the Lord. And our prayer as we begin to tap into even the example that pastor have given, that God himself will show forth for us where our hands fail. God himself will help us in the mighty name of Jesus. We'll read Matthew chapter 16 as we bring this to a close. Matthew chapter 16, we're going to read from verse 1 to 4. Now, this is Jesus himself looking at us as Christians. And then he's making this utterance based on the way we have acted after we, after we have heard that good news is coming to us in every areas of our lives. And so, it is normal that we go back and start looking at the signs. We start looking at the things that have not changed, that could hamper the good news from coming. 
Well, God was promising that I'm going to get a, a new job or a career advancement, but nothing has come yet, and it's almost the end of the year. But this is what Jesus was saying. He said, then the Pharisees, Matthew chapter 16, I believe, then the Pharisees and the Sadducees came to him, testing him and asked him for a sign. And this is what Jesus answered in verse 2. He said, when it is evening, you say it will be fair weather. Why? Because the sky is what? So when the sky is red, we can say that what? It's going to be a what? A fair weather. Verse 3, he said, and in the morning, it's going to be a foul weather today. Why? Because the sky is what? Red and what? And threatening. So because the sky is red, then it's going to be a foul weather because it's threatening. And he says, if we look at it that way, we become hypocrites. God is saying this, and we are looking at what? At the weather. If we, God is saying good news is going to come, the weather will suggest that there's going to be a good news. When we begin to bring the two together, we become what? Hypocrites. He says, you know how to descend the face of the sky, but you cannot descend the signs of what? Of times. If you can descend the face of the weather, what is the signs of this time? The signs of this time is God is going to do what God promised what he would do. That is the sign of the time. God is saying, I will do it irrespective. If I say I will do it, I will do it. Verse 4. He says, you wicked and adulterous generation, you seek after the sign, and no sign shall be given unto you except the sign that was given to the prophet's word, to the prophet Jonah. And he left them and he departed. If God, Jesus will speak those words, and he will leave us and depart from our presence. What is he invariably saying? He's saying, let him that have ear hear what the word of the Lord have said. And what is the word of the Lord this season? That good news is coming, and so it shall be in the mighty name of Jesus. Our prayer is as we begin to act and walk expectant of this good news, that that will not elude us in any way in the name of Jesus. So whatsoever it is that we expect expecting, whatsoever it is. Let's forget about the signs that the weather is putting up. Let's forget about the signs that the economy is putting up. Let's begin to act what God has said. If it's to check your mail every morning, do what? Check your mail every morning. Even if it doesn't come today, that doesn't deter you from doing what? Checking again later in the day, checking in the evening, just keep expecting it as the Lord has said it. If you're expecting a phone call, when your phone vibrates, don't think it's another um, call from somebody else that's expecting help from you or money from you. Pick the call doing what? Expectant. When you look at your phone, pick the call what? Expectant. If it's any message you're expecting, if you're expecting changes from your children, start expecting the changes from them. And whatsoever it is, just begin to act it. Because the Lord searches the heart. He knows when our heart is ready and the Lord will come through for us in the mighty name of Jesus. Praise ye the name of the Lord. And lastly, we're going to read back again from our text, 2 Corinthians, 2 Kings chapter 13, 2 Kings chapter 13, verse 14. 2 Kings chapter 13, and we're going to read a little bit of verse 14, 2 Kings chapter 13, sorry, verse 19. Help us from verse 19 as we close. And he said to him, open the east window, verse 19, and the man of the Lord was angry with him, and he said to him, you should have struck 
how many times? Five to six times. Then you will have had struck the Syrian till you destroy them to the ground. As we go back into our business, whatsoever it is that we have opportunity to strike, let's strike expectance. Don't strike once, don't strike twice, don't strike three times. Strike as many times as you think the Lord has delivered into your hand. If before now you're expecting three, just as the man said to a senior pastor, he said, look around. Don't look at what you think you can afford. Look at what the Lord had originally laid in your heart to get. What is befitting of you. Don't strike two or three times because you are saying to yourself, if God can just bless me two or three times, I am what? I am okay. Praise the Lord. Just on a lighter note, in my language, there's something called it took, it took means small. And from where I come from, they like using that word. If God, how, how are you? Uh, God has blessed me with a small car. God has blessed me with a what? A small house. God has blessed me with a small wife. I'm just managing the small wife. God has blessed me with, God has blessed me with a small children. I'm just managing. They love using that word what? Small. Anything is what? Is small. Even if the house is big, they'll still call it what? Still call it small. Until one day, one of my uncle or cousins who happened to be a pastor said he has changed his own mentality from that small. Whatever God gives him or is expecting is what is big in his own eyes. So he refused to say, I'm expecting God to just give me a small job. If he can just give me this small job, I'll be what? I'll be okay. Praise the Lord. So he said, from henceforth, he said to himself, anything he's expecting from God, he's not expecting anything what? Small. His wife is not what? Small. His children are not what? Small. His house are not what? Small. So as he begins to tap into the bigness of things from God, God will show up big in the mighty name of Jesus. And that shall be our testimony in Jesus' name. So let's go out expectant. Let's act expectant. And the Lord will come through in the mighty name of Jesus. And good news will not elude anyone in this room. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. <clears throat> let's celebrate God for his word. Have you been blessed this evening? God be praised. So as, we, as Pastor Kola started off with six spots, that were filled, and I said to myself, if I have opportunity, I'm not going to gather six pots. We're going to gather as many pots as what as possible. But I'll not do like Minister Malap. I won't open factory. Praise the name of the Lord. He says he will open factory. Praise God. Hallelujah. Have you been blessed this evening? Let's just celebrate God one more time. The Lord be praised in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 